Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. Now, before we begin, I apologize that the audio isn't as crisp as it normally is. This is a special band and on-the-road edition of Rapid Fire. Now, apparently, our last episode was banned from YouTube for quote-unquote medical misinformation, despite the fact that the majority of the episode was about Russia and Ukraine. So you guys aren't going to be seeing or hearing from me on YouTube for the next two weeks, unfortunately. And I'm also on the road covering protests and rallies. Please go follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Truth Social account for all of the coverage on that. So we are currently on the road. So apologies that the show has not been as consistent as usual. But without further ado, let's actually get into it because so much is going on and I have a jam-packed episode for you guys. Unfortunately, I can only give you one episode this week, but this is going to be the most informative hour of your week, I promise you that. So let's start off with the fact that yes, there are indeed biolabs in Ukraine and the media and our politicians can try to lie about that as much as they want to, but the truth is actually coming out about the U.S.'s involvement with Ukraine and why Russian tensions may have finally boiled over. Top that off with the fact that Zelensky addressed Congress today and received a standing ovation, along with $800 million and quite a few weapons from the U.S. Meanwhile, our own border is overrun and we're seeing historic illegal immigration rates and, uh, also, it's about that time again, folks. Like I just mentioned, it is election year, which means that the left is getting crazy and protests are heating up. We're going to cover all of this today on our latest episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in because we are dealing with so much rampant censorship on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Please remember to leave that five-star review on the podcast. This is an exclusive podcast-only episode, and I tell you guys all the time, hey, if you don't find me on YouTube, I will still put the podcast out audio only, so please remember to share it. It helps other people find the show when it's censored everywhere else, and for everyone that has left five-star reviews, thank you so much. I read each and every single one of them. Now, let's go ahead and jump straight in to the show today with the fact that Ukrainian President Zelensky received a standing ovation from our members of Congress today when he addressed them asking for help against Russia. And uh, the only congressional official that I could see that didn't clap for Zelensky, who was pushing for a no-fly zone over Ukraine. For those of you who may not be familiar with what that is, a no-fly zone is essentially a declaration of war against Russia. It's essentially a declaration into getting us into World War III. Do you remember how all of the liberals when Trump was in office was saying, oh my gosh, Trump is gonna get us into World War III. Oh, this is so atrocious, it's awful. Now we have President Zelensky calling for a no-fly zone over Russia, and then all of our congressional officials standing up, applauding it, and giving him a standing ovation. Marjorie Taylor Greene, one of the only people that I could see who was not clapping along with that. So that was our Congress today, and then uh, Biden came forward as well and announced an additional $800 million, million to Ukraine bringing the total announced in the last week alone to $1 billion and a total of $2 billion since Biden took office more than a year ago. And again, this was the Biden administration responding to Zelensky's request to send warplanes to Ukraine, fearing escalating the war with Russia. Biden instead announced $800 million in security assistance to Ukraine on top of a couple of weapons. Uh, they sent drones, anti-aircraft systems, small arms, 20 million rounds of ammo and anti-armor systems. So uh, 
a cool billion of our taxpayer dollars going to Ukraine. I also saw this headline from NPR earlier this week. Congress passes $13.6 billion in Ukraine aid along with government funding. So Congress trying to send them a full $13.6 billion in emergency aid that is set to go to President Biden for his signature. He's already since approved $1 billion. And the point that I made initially at the beginning of this show was why are we so concerned with a foreign country with Ukraine's border when our border is being completely overrun right now? And I'm going to get into all of the statistics about that because the fentanyl crisis is getting out of hand. We are seeing historic illegal immigration rates. Our custom and border patrol agents are being shot at by the cartels. A uh, I believe a U.S. embassy building on the Texas border was recently targeted by the cartel. And what is the Biden administration focused in on? They're focused in on Russia and Ukraine. Side note to that as well, where did all the COVID news go? Where did Dr. Fauci go? Nobody knows. That all just randomly disappeared. And now everyone's like, oh, Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. So that's how the Biden administration decided to respond to Zelensky after his address to Congress by sending Ukraine more weapons, by sending them taxpayer dollars and helping them, you know, secure their country, make sure they're safe. Meanwhile, we Americans are just completely crumbling from within. Now, let's take a peek at how the media handled this as well. This comes from Ryan Grimm on Twitter, who is a D.C. uh, bureau chief at The Intercept. He says today the White House press corps is continuing to ask why the U.S. is sending javelins, etc., but won't send fighter jets. Quoted, why are you holding back? Saki continues to explain why they don't want to escalate. And then he goes on to make the point that essentially nobody in the press is calling for diplomacy. There were multiple members of the press from multiple outlets, none of them asking, hey, you know, are we going to try to push peace talks? Are we going to try to push diplomacy? No, it's straight up. Why are you holding back? Why aren't you going straight for the fighter jets? Again, from Ryan Grimm, similar line of questions today, though there's been at least one question about diplomacy, and that was a response to his uh, tweet from earlier that said, today the White House press corps is continuing to ask why the U.S. is sending, yeah, I just read that tweet there, why are they holding back? No questions about diplomacy, pretty much just focused in on why we aren't immediately trying to escalate this war with Russia. So, um, That's our U.S. press. That's our U.S. news. And when I did see that video of Congress standing up and clapping for Zelensky, who, again, is calling for this no-fly zone over his country, a.k.a. a declaration of war, the only thing that I could think about is these congressmen are clapping because all they see in this potential war and the U.S. being involved in it is dollar signs at the expense of your loved one, of course, because all of these war hawks, Adam Kinzinger, uh, Mitt Romney, all of these people calling for war against Russia, Lindsey Graham, are they going to go fight that battle? Are they sending their sons and daughters to go fight that battle? I don't think so. It's at the expense of your loved one that these officials are going to be making money off of the military industrial complex. So that's why they're standing up. That's why they're laughing. And that's why they're pushing so vehemently for war with Russia.
Now, yesterday, Zelensky came out and said that Ukraine must re recognize that it will not join NATO. And many political pundits, specifically on the left, questioning why Zelensky didn't come out and say this, what, two, three weeks ago before these tensions escalated with Russia because that was one of the main reasons Russia was upset was because NATO was encroaching on their border because Ukraine is supposed to be a buffer state between or a buffer country between uh, basically NATO and the EU and Russia and then NATO trying to come in and, you know, bring Ukraine in essentially, even though we all know Ukraine would never join NATO, was uh, causing a lot of those escalations and tensions. Nobody in the media wanted to talk about that. But Zelensky now coming out and saying, no, we're not going to be joining NATO. Now, let's go ahead and take a peek at Russia's side of things and how the U.S. is looking as a world superpower. From Reuters, Russia bars entry to Biden and Canada's Trudeau. Russia said on Tuesday it had put U.S. President Joe Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and a dozen top U.S. officials on a stop list that bars them from entering the country. So Joe Biden banned from Russia. And Trevor Noah, of all people, okay, you know that foreign relations are bad. When Trevor Noah, avowed leftist, hater of Donald Trump, is even calling for him to come back. Let's listen to this clip. Saudi Arabia isn't playing ball with Joe Biden. And you know what? You can say what you want, but this would have never happened to Donald Trump. Never. No one was ever ignoring Donald Trump's calls. Yeah, because if you ignored Donald Trump's calls, you didn't know how he would respond. Maybe he'd send an angry tweet, or maybe he'd just, like, ban your country from everything. You don't know. That's why I bet in these situations, Biden actually wishes that he could hire Trump to step in as president wildcard, you know, just keep everyone on their toes. Because if Trump was calling, you best believe the UAE, they'd be racing to pick up the phone. Oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, we're here, we're here, hello? Too late, Ahmed, you made me wait two rings. We're bombing the UAE and the UFC, just in case. There is no denying that Saudi... So I think that's the first time that Trevor Noah has actually made a relevant and funny joke that I've ever heard. But again, you know things are going really, really bad with foreign relations when Trevor Noah, one of the biggest haters of Donald Trump, is speculating and joking about what it would be like if Donald Trump came back and is quoted saying, this would never happen to Donald Trump. And he's completely right in that. This wouldn't happen under Donald Trump. And no, it's not because he was Putin's puppet and he wasn't sold out to Russia. It was because, like Trevor Noah talked about, he was a very erratic president, if you will. Nobody knew how he was going to respond. That is why he was feared by other world leaders, because they knew that Donald Trump commanded respect, and if they did not give him that respect, he would retaliate in some way, shape, or form. Meanwhile, absolutely nobody respects Joe Biden. There was a clip that came out of Joe Biden yesterday, where he's saying the first lady's husband got COVID. Joe, my guy, that means that that's you, that's you. And then he corrects himself and he's like, oh, I mean, um, the, the, uh, the, the VP and blah, 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 and tries to correct himself. But that in itself is just another example of the cognitive decline of Joe Biden and where this country is headed. Not to a good place, my friends. Going back into Russia's side of things, from the Washington Examiner, Russia could cease grain exports until the end of June. 
Russia, the world's largest exporter of wheat, could seize all grain exports until June 30th. Starting on Tuesday, exports of corn, wheat, rye, and barley could all be suspended as Western nations hammer Russian President Vladimir Putin with sanctions over the invasion into Ukraine, according to a report. Russia's main competitors in grain exports are the EU and Ukraine, the report noted. And... Um, Roughly 7.2 million tons of exportable wheat risk being withheld by the Russian state. So I just want us all to understand that the supply chain already bad, that our grocery shelves already empty, and this is most likely not going to help things in the slightest. But it gets even worse than that, because if you think that foreign relations were bad with, um, you know, how... Russia views us, how the world views us as a world power. If you thought that the media lying to you every single day and trying to blame Russia for Joe Biden's gas prices, and to the comment I just made too, because I don't want people to be like, oh, so you don't want to blame Russia for rising gas prices, but you'll talk about uh, supply chain issues with Ru Russia's export of wheat. Well, if Russia is one of the largest exporters of wheat, uh, again, in this article, I didn't read into how much they export here to the U.S., but I'd imagine it's not going to help with the supply chain issues already already caused by Joe Biden. But again, these foreign affairs and international affairs continuing to get worse for the U.S. from Newsmax and a move that would lessen the U.S. dollar's dominance of the global petroleum market. Saudi Arabia is talking with China about pricing oil sales to Beijing in yuan. The Wall Street Journal reported, and that actual headline from the Wall Street Journal, if you would like to read it, Saudi Arabia considers accepting the yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. Saudi Arabia is in active talks with Beijing to price some of its oil sales to China in the yuan. People familiar with the matter said a move that would dent the U.S. dollar's dominance of the global petroleum market and mark another shift by the world's top crude exporter towards Asia. The talks with China over yuan-priced oil contracts have been off and on for six years, but have accelerated this year as the Saudis have grown increasingly unhappy with decades-old U.S. Secretary commitments to defend the kingdom, the people said. So there you guys go. Saudi Arabia now teaming up with China, a huge potential dent to the U.S. dollar. Great job, Joe Biden. You think that things are bad just here at home in America, that he's deteriorating and crumbling America from the inside? Yet yeah, internationally, we are also a laughing stock, and the U.S. dollar is going to continue to get worse and worse. Inflation rates are going to continue to get worse and worse. I'm not an economist, so what I will say about this issue as well. If you are looking for a better and more detailed explanation on how all of this works um, with our U.S. dollar and the oil market, Jack Posobiec, on his latest podcast, Human Events Daily, laid this out in a very layman's term, terms way, if you will. So go listen to his latest podcast if you want a more in-depth discussion of that. And speaking of Jack Posobiec, uh, from his Twitter, <laughs> remember that last week, well, initially, Joe Biden went to OPEC, which Russia is a part of, and was like, hi, um, yeah, we shut down all of the pipelines here in the U.S., and now gas prices are kind of going crazy. Can you guys produce more oil? So remember that Joe Biden was initially asking Russia to produce more oil in OPEC, right? And then all the tensions with Russia happened, and so Joe Biden was like, okay, no more oil from uh, Russia. So then they started asking Saudi Arabia to produce more oil. Now, Jack Posobiec tweets this out, and I'm sure these two things are not connected, 
Biden released the 20th 9-11 hijacker from Gitmo back to Saudi Arabia today and is trying to hope no one will notice. This was last week ahead of the Biden administration asking Saudi Arabia to provide more oil to the U.S. Do you think those two things are related? I don't know. I'm just speculating here. So foreign relation-wise, that, that's what's currently going on. Another big thing, too, and another angle to this entire issue and the reason why the news and media has become so convoluted is because not only do we have a weak leader in power who has no idea how to handle himself on an international stage with international leaders and how to lead a country, we also have the media and big tech censoring any other information. Just like my last episode, I gave you guys a very in-depth understanding into the background of why Russia is acting as aggressively as they are. I talked about how this dates all the way back to 2013 and even before that to the Bush administration in regards to why Russia and the West have always had tension. So we laid that out, big tech censored it, and then the media is constantly pushing this pro-Ukraine propaganda down our face. And it's ridiculous to see at this point we know that there have been multiple propaganda stories that have been pushed by the U.S. media and Ukrainian media, the ghost of Kiev, the Snake Island story where all of the Ukrainian soldiers died when in reality they surrendered, they did not die at all. The uh, ghost of Kiev was actually a meme that was passed around by our congressmen, the same ones calling for us to get into World War III with Russia. Their entire basis for us getting into war with Russia is off of fake memes and propaganda. That's who's leading the U.S. right now. And then you go on Twitter and you see pictures like this one. I know you guys are listening on podcasts, so let me describe to you what I'm looking at right now. The Ukrainian flag was placed on the slab where the body of Jesus Christ was laid after his removal from the cross in Jerusalem. And it is a picture of a woman squatting down she has the Ukrainian flag draped over this, this slab where Jesus Christ was laid after he was removed from the cross. And she has somebody taking a picture of her for a photo op. So the pandering to Ukraine, I was really hoping, was going to stop with the already purchased pouring out of Russian vodka. But now we have white women desecrating the holiest of places now, to pander to Ukraine. There's a meme that's been going around that says, I support the current thing, I support the current thing, and it's the NPC character, gray face, no original thought, and it shows the COVID microchip now being replaced with the Russia-Ukraine microchip. And that's what this looks like to me. This woman out here desecrating the holiest of sites for likes on Twitter, on Instagram, on social media. It's disgusting. Now, I wish I could play this clip for you guys. It's hilarious. It's a clip of Peter Ducey. He's talking to Jen Psaki. This was in a press conference a couple days ago. And he just goes, so are you guys going to continue to blame Putin for everything until the midterms? And there's two other reporters behind him. And their expressions are hilarious. The reporter on the right just opens his eyes so big and he's labeled normies. And then the other reporter on the left who's giving a little chuckle, a little giggle as Peter Ducey asks Jen Psaki this, he's labeled a Nas, just laughing at the entire administration. So 
I wanted to play that specific clip of Ducey because that's this entire administration's tactic for foreign relations. It's either send Kamala Harris to a foreign country to, uh, you know, go cackle internationally, solve nothing and make a laughingstock of the U.S., or have Jen Psaki come up to the podium and, um, you know, she's asked about what the end game for Ukraine is, asking if the U.S. is pushing for Ukraine to essentially commit suicide by trying to match up against Russia. Jen Psaki doesn't even answer the question. She just walks away from the podium, lets us into this clip. I'm trying to understand where you are trying your end game in Ukraine. You are not going there. You are not sending troops there. There will be no flight, no no flight zone over Ukraine. And are you will it be a fair assessment to say that you are pushing these guys to commit suicide, knowing that Russia has a superpower and eventually it will capture the main cities, Kiev and Kharkiv and all the cities around there? What's the end game? Well, the end game is really a question for President Putin. We have we have completely crushed his economy. Uh, we have provided military assistance, humanitarian assistance to the Ukrainians, enabling them to fight back for far longer uh, than the Russian leadership uh, anticipated. Uh, and again, he has to uh, he has to determine what the path forward looks for like for him. Thanks, everyone. So there's Jen Psaki, one of the worst press secretaries our entire country has potentially seen. Just bold face, like, oh, yeah, I, I don't really know. Like, it's up to Putin to, you know, see what he wants to do. Um, I think we've made very clear as the Biden administration that we are going to be focused in on inclusivity and, um, you know, the LGBTQ community. So if your question pertains to anything outside of that, I cannot give you a concrete answer because none of us know. That's this administration. Now, another issue, a part of this whole Russia-Ukraine thing that was labeled a conspiracy theory but has since come to light as uh, actually quite true, is the fact that there is U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine on the border of Russia. Now, I played this video in my last stream, and it was a thread from Twitter. Account has since been deleted of this guy who is laying out with mainstream media articles how Russia, for years, has been saying that the U.S.-funded bioweapons labs that are on Ukraine's border are not okay, that Russia feels like the U.S. is trying to create bioweapons to use against their country on their border, and it's not good. But we had Snopes come out and say, no, that's absolutely not true at all. You guys are crazy. USA Today headline, fact check, false claim of U.S. biolabs in Ukraine tied to Russian disinformation campaign. So when these, this news first dropped, Twitter deleted it. My YouTube stream that played this video and talked about this quote unquote conspiracy theory was deleted and it was fact checked as false. Well, last week, National Pol the National Pulse put this article out. Deleted web pages show Obama led an effort to build a Ukraine-based biolab handling, quote, especially dangerous pathogens. Now, this is old news, but why are we still going to reiterate this from head to toe and go over all of these articles and all of these documents? Because our government is, 
a liar. It is filled with liars. It is filled with propagandists. And we have these fact checkers, okay? Every single time I log into Twitter, it's like, how to fact check the news coming out of Ukraine? Yeah, how do we fact check that? Because the fact checkers are fact checking stories that turn out to be true. Going back to this National Pulse article, a deleted web article recovered by the National Pulse reveals that former President Barack Obama spearheaded an agreement leading to the construction of biolabs handling especially dangerous pathogens in Ukraine. The news comes on the same day that the Biden regime's Victoria Newland told the U.S. Senate that the American government is concerned about biological research facilities falling into Russian hands as a result of the ongoing conflict in Eastern Europe. Originally posted on June 18, 2010, the article, Biolabs Opens in Ukraine, details how Obama, while serving as an Illinois senator, helped negotiate a deal to build a level three biosafety lab in the Ukrainian city of Odessa. And for the people who might be like, well, a bio lab isn't the same as a bioweapons lab, quoted from this, from this article, there were especially dangerous pathogens in this lab. Victoria Newland coming up earlier last week and talking about how they're worried that with this conflict between Russia and Ukraine, that Russia is going to get a hold of these bio labs. So um, yeah, turns out that wasn't a conspiracy theory. Now, another investigative journalist that has since come to life as well, her name is Deliana Gaitan Jieva, apologies on butchering her very long and beautiful exotic name. She actually put out the documents from the Lviv Research Institute of Epidemiology and Hygiene. And she writes here and she highlights that the donor to this research institute was none other than the Department of Defense of the United States of America. She also said that four years ago, she was expelled from the European Parliament for confronting the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health over Pentagon-funded biolabs in 25 countries across the world. She was smeared by the U.S. media as fake news. So that was back in 2018 that she did that. So go follow her on Twitter at D-G-A-Y-T-A-N-D-Z-H-I-E-V-A if you would like to more have more information about these biolabs. So these journalists who were trying to expose this years ago being... Uh, expelled and smeared as fake news, these documents quietly being deleted. We also have a classified cable release by WikiLeaks with notes from a 2008 meeting between Andrew Weber from the DOD and Ukrainian officials. Among other things, quote, the U.S. seeks to consolidate these strains and pathogens that could be used by terrorists on human or agricultural targets. Yeah back from 2018, meeting with Ukrainian officials in our Department of Defense. So this is most definitely not a conspiracy theory. And if you need any more example of how it isn't, I'm going to keep giving you more from Reuters on March 11th. Exclusive, World Health Organization says it advised Ukraine to destroy pathogens in health labs to prevent disease spread. The World Health Organization advised Ukraine to destroy high-threat pathogens housed in the country's public health laboratories to prevent any potential spills that would spread disease among the population. 
Like many other countries, Ukraine has public health laboratories researching how to mitigate the threats of dangerous diseases affecting both animals and humans. Biosecurity experts say Russia's movements of troops into Ukraine and bombardment of its cities have raised the risk of an escape of disease-causing pathogens should any of these facilities be damaged. So just to continue to build up more and more on how this is not a conspiracy theory, but we still have elected officials. We still have U.S. senators like Mitt Romney coming forward and saying that this is a conspiracy theory, despite the fact that we have years of government documents dating all the way back to 2008. We still have politicians who are so willing to boldface lie to us about this, and it's absolutely disgusting. Again, from Mitt Romney, Tulsi Gabbard is parroting false Russian propaganda. Her treasonous lies may well cost lives. And he was referring to Tulsi calling out these bio labs. We also have Adam Kinzinger coming forward and saying, well, Tucker Carlson invited me on his show, but that's not going to happen because, um, you know, in Russia, they play Tucker Carlson and Tucker's a uh, Putin propagandist. He's a uh, Russian propagandist and I would never go on his show which is absolutely ridiculous. Because again, Adam Kinzinger, who has been at the forefront of calling for us to get into war with Russia, had the opportunity to go on a platform and speak to people who think differently from him. And what did he do? He turned down the opportunity because he's a coward and because he doesn't care about Ukraine. He doesn't care about the US. He cares about money and getting us into war. Now, Tulsi Gabbard, going back to Mitt Romney, who's also pushing us into war, she responded to him with a very well-worded tweet thread, debunking everything that he said. So she goes, Mitt Romney, you called me a treasonous liar for stating the fact that there are 25-plus U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine, which, if breached, would release a spread of deadly pathogens to the U.S. and the world. She said... Senator Romney, please provide evidence that what I said is untrue and treasonous. If you cannot, you should do the honorable thing, apologize, and resign from the Senate. Evidence of the existence of such biolabs, their vulnerability, and thus the need to take immediate action to secure them is beyond dispute. And then she lays out one, two, three, four, five, six reasons or six facts as to why what Mitt Romney is saying is false. I'll read the first three to you. Number one. State Department's Victoria Newland acknowledged such labs containing dangerous pathogens exist and who Ukraine in Ukraine in her testimony to the U.S. Senate. And this was just on March 8th of 2022. That was just last week. She's quoted saying Ukraine has biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are quite concerned that Russian troops may be seeking to gain control of. Number two. Pentagon fact sheet, March 11th, 2022, has numerous statements directly and indirectly confirming the existence of such biolabs. Quote, the United States through BTRP has invested approximately 200 million in Ukraine since 2005, supporting 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. And number three, CBS Face the Nation on March 13th, 2022. Correspondent David Martin said a Pentagon official told him they're concerned about the existence of such biolabs in, in Ukraine. Quote, the concern is that the Russians will seize one of these biomedical research facilities that Ukraine has where they do research on deadly pathogens. So there you guys go. There's still uh, three more that I haven't even read off, but Tulsi Gabbard actually laying out what she's talking about. Meanwhile, Mitt Romney's just saying, oh, yo, yeah, that's, that, that's fake news. That's a conspiracy theory. Provides no background and no backing as to why he says that's a conspiracy theory. He just bold-faced lies to the American people. Absolutely disgusting.
So that's what's currently going on with the whole entire entire Russia-Ukraine situation. And before we get off of this topic too, because I really am just trying to show you guys every single angle of this. I'm already tired of talking about it, but still important. Anna Navarro called Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard propagandists and said that they needed to be investigated by the Department of Justice. And the reason why I highlight these comments, you can go find this video for yourself because this is podcast. Um, the videos are very light today. Normally I actually let you listen to these quotes coming out of these people's mouths. But for editing purposes and because I'm on the road, I don't have the ability to do that as easily. But she's saying that the DOJ needs to come after Tulsi and Tucker. And for what? Because they're showing an alternate angle to the situation. Because they're showing the background and history to this conflict. Because they're calling out the US-funded bio labs that have added to Russian tensions escalating. That equals being investigated and having the intelligence agencies of the United States, which are supposed to be here to protect American citizens, that is worth calling for these agencies to be weaponized against Americans. I mean, it's Anna Navarro, so none of us should be surprised, but it is important for us to call this out because the fact that we have members of our media calling for the weaponization of our government against American citizens should scare a lot of people. Now, this isn't something that's new. It's something that we've seen time and time again, but well worth pointing out. So that way in, you know, five to 10 more years when we're all locked up because we said the wrong thing, because maybe you retweeted a Donald Trump tweet from back in the day, now you're in jail for it. How did this happen? Where did this come from? This is where it started at with this type of rhetoric. Now, we also had Facebook allowing war posts urging violence against Russian invaders. So, of course, a big tech, they were doing a really swell job, and yes, I'm being sarcastic when I say that, of fact-checking the entire Russia-Ukraine situation and all of the propaganda that was coming out of that. You know, really, they were just pro pushing all of the pro-Ukraine points and completely omitting and censoring all of the Russian points inside of this entire thing. And then we had Big Tech saying, like, yeah, if you want to call for Putin's assassination on our platform, go ahead. They had to walk that back and they since have. But of course, Big Tech allowing only one side of the political aisle, one side of the political leaning and political thinking to call for violence. Meanwhile, the other side is silenced. Going back to the media, going back to the US propagandists, that are allowed to spread real disinformation and misinformation to the public every single day. There was horrible news to report. This just happened yesterday. Fox cameraman Pierre Zekwekski, sorry, another foreign name there. Apologies, I'm butchering that one. He was killed in the same attack that wounded correspondent Benjamin Hull. And um, this comes from John Roberts of Fox News. Many people mourning for the loss of this cameraman who was killed getting the story in Ukraine. Very sad to see. But of course, we have CNN's global affairs analyst retweeting this and saying, what a tragedy. A cameraman died covering the war for a TV network that airs a pro-Putin propagandist as its top-rated primetime host. More rhetoric that isn't surprising from the left 
who wants their political opposition locked up and killed. That's who CNN hires. That's who is a correspondent for CNN and is allowed to speak on big tech platforms. You on the right, if you maybe want to understand Russian aggression, are you allowed to speak? No. You on the right, if you support Donald Trump, are you allowed to speak? No. If you on the right, maybe say, hey, the innocent Russian citizens who are having their bank cards shut down right now, they're innocent in all of this, you get banned, you get silenced for saying that. Meanwhile, the left can call for Putin's assassination. They can laugh at a Fox News cameraman getting killed in a war zone. And they can call for the DOJ to be weaponized against American citizens. And it's all okay. Very slippery slope that we're headed down. And another reiteration of the hypocrisy that we're all living through. These are two uh, separate headlines. One's from Vice News, and it says, Russian TikTok influencers are being paid to spread Kremlin propaganda. And then on the other side, it's a, I believe this is the Washington Post, the White House is briefing TikTok stars about the war in Ukraine. So again, when Russia does it, it's propaganda. It's Kremlin propaganda. But when the U.S. does it, when the White House briefs TikTok stars, to say that rising gas prices are because of Putin, which is verifiably false, it's not propaganda. It's just the White House briefing TikTokers. I want you guys to listen to this video of this TikToker, beautiful girl. She's got her makeup done. She's got a pretty filter on. She's got that full body shot going, hourglass frame. So of course, all the uneducated youth and all of the you know men in this country immediately gonna listen to this girl who got briefed by the White House, uh, explaining why gas prices are so high. Let's listen to this clip. Why is gas so expensive and why is the United States inflation rate at a four-time decade high? I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7 and here's what they said. The obvious reason, we are getting out of a two-year pandemic, when use goes up, price goes up. But the call was predominantly about Ukraine and Russia, so how does that relate? Russia is one of the top three producers of oil and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do an international trade. So, with people being scared of war and limited resources, prices are bound to go up as well. For the people who can't pay $7 for a gallon of gas, there's an app called Gas Buddy that shows you the cheapest gas near you, as well as a link in my bio to donate to the misplaced refugees of Ukraine. So there you guys go. Gas prices are so high because Putin bad. When Russia, briefs their TikTok stars, they're spreading Kremlin propaganda. But when the White House does it, well, uh, that's the news now and you need to take everything that US TikTok stars say as the verifiable and White House approved news. Welcome to 2022, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the continued spread and lies and propaganda from the White House continues from their verified Twitter account, US natural gas production is at a record high. In fact, the US was, at a, was a net exporter of petroleum and petroleum products in each of the last two years and will be a net exporter of natural gas for years to come. And they use a graph that ends in 2020 showing the exports just rising from the US. What happened in 2020? Oh, that's right. Trump was still in office. So they use a chart that ends in 2020 when Donald Trump was still in office to push out this propaganda that U.S. natural gas production is at a record high. 
the chart ends before Joe Biden was in office. And it's not just the big tech, it's not just the media members that are complicit in this, it's also search engines, which I guess would be a part of big tech. Now, a lot of people realize that Google was not a reliable source to go get information from because they hide search results. Uh, one of the best examples of this is going and Googling Donald Trump's name and looking at the images on Google versus DuckDuckGo. If you looked at the images on Google, a lot of times it was the ugliest pictures of Donald Trump depicting him as, as Hitler, depicting him as this evil guy, him screaming, him looking like a straight up dictator. And then you go to any other alt search platform and you type in Donald Trump's name and it's, you know, normal pictures of him looking like a normal president. So that's just like the most easy example I can give you of how much these search results are skewed, a lot of people started using DuckDuckGo. Well, DuckDuckGo is also now complicit in spreading Russian disinformation. Well, I guess it would be, yeah, Ukrainian propaganda at this point, disinformation against Russians. Gabriel Weinberg, who is the CEO and founder of DuckDuckGo said, like so many others, I am sickened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the gigantic humanitarian crisis it continues to create. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. At DuckDuckGo, we've been rolling out search updates that downrank sites associated with Russian disinformation. Resulting in the trend hashtag DuckDuckGone to circulate around Twitter. Because again, what is Russian disinformation? What are sites associated with Russian disinformation? Is that Tucker Carlson bringing on maybe a historian who has laid out how the West has been involved with Ukraine, a historically corrupt country for years, for decades? Is that a link to Russian disinformation? Is it people like Alex Jones calling for peace and diplomacy instead of war? Is that Russian disinformation? Is it people who are against a no-fly zone in Ukraine, which would be a declaration of war and getting us into World War III? Is that linked to Russian disinformation? Yeah. So no more DuckDuckGo and no more ability to even figure out what's going on in society. I studied abroad in London back in 2016, and one of the things that I learned when I was over there is that the news in foreign countries, by the time it gets to the US, is so skewed, and the narrative that you want to hear, you can truly pick and choose. We see this all the time with the conflict between Israel and Palestine. So that's what's going on with Russia and Ukraine right now. I wanted to give you guys that in-depth discussion of everything that has taken place. I'm sure that many of you have already heard a lot of this news, but still well worth reiterating because we will continue to see this narrative that the US funded biolabs in Ukraine is a conspiracy theory when it verifiably is not. We will continue to see people call for the DOJ to be weaponized against private American citizens who push back against US propaganda and Ukrainian propaganda and we need to stand up against it and we need to actually be able to hear the truth. You know what else we need to do? Focus in on what's going on here at home. I probably shouldn't have waited, what, 40 minutes into this podcast to talk about that, but of course we know that this all ties together. 
What's going on here at home? While Biden is sending billions of our U.S. taxpayer dollars to Ukraine, while Biden is sending weaponry to Ukraine, what is going on here at home? From GeekWire on March 12th, Amazon moves employees out of downtown Seattle office due to crime. Amazon is telling employees they can work at an alternative location due to recent crime around its downtown Seattle office. Given recent incidents near Third and Pine, we're providing employees currently at that location with alternative office space elsewhere. So there's currently 1,800 employees that are working at that office. And um, they're like, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and tell people that they don't have to work there anymore because the crime is so out of control. That's in Seattle. Let's take a peek at what's going on in another Democrat-run city, New York. Man hit woman in the head 125 times because she was Asian, officials say. A man has been charged with attempted murder as a hate crime after a vicious assault in Yonkers, New York, that was captured by a security camera. And this footage is horrible to watch, makes me want to cry. This black man hits this woman 125 times because she was Asian. And we're seeing the fear coming out of the Asian community. I wish this could be a visual show for you guys so you could watch this clip. It's a clip from Evelyn Yang, who is the wife of Andrew Yang. And she's taking B-roll, a Chinatown, New York City. And it's a line of mostly Asian women and the elderly waiting to get pepper spray because they are living in such fear of the black community in New York, because they are living in such fear of being attacked by these career criminals in New York that continue to commit these crimes and get let out immediately. I can't remember if I covered this story or not, but it was either a week or two ago in New York, this woman turned this black man down in a subway station. So the man goes, shits in a bag, pardon my French, and then comes back and rubs it on the woman's face. And then he was let out on bail, I believe the next day or a couple days later. And do you know what he told the police? And this is, yes, a direct quote. Go look it up if you don't believe me. He told the police, shit happens. And he's joking about it. Because he knows he's a career criminal that he can, can continue to commit these crimes and be let out of jail. By the way, too, Jesse Smollett, who was convicted as a felon, getting 30 months in prison, and I believe, um, I can't remember off the top of my head how many months of probation. I believe it's well over two and a half years of felony probation. He is also being let out on bail as he appeals this entire decision. He said that he was only charged with going to jail because he's a black man. Give me a freaking break. But that's what being a black criminal in this damn country gets you straight out of jail the next day. If you want to go rub feces on a woman's face, if you want to go beat up an innocent Asian woman, man, grandmother, grandfather, you're going to get let out the next day. It's disgusting. That's what's going on here in this country. And people in New York are not happy about it. I wish I had this audio to play for you. It's Governor Kathy Hochul of New York. She was at a Rangers game last night. She was there to go drop the puck. And as she is being announced. They're just playing the video of her. Even before she walks out, the crowd is booing so loudly. An entire stadium 
of hockey fans booing the New York governor because they absolutely despise her. They despise her leadership. And it's so funny because over the overhead, they're like, oh, Kathy Hochul, who is a beacon of women's rights, she's just getting booed. New Yorkers hate her. And you know what? Hockey was definitely the wrong sport for her to try to go be a part of. I go to hockey games myself. Very patriotic sport. Very manly sport. You go to hockey to go watch grown men fight each other in the ring and get physical. It's an angry sport. It's a violent sport. It's a very patriotic sport. Where You know, people stand for the national anthem. Probably one of the last sports that hasn't been fully hit with wokeism. So that's truly Hoshul's fault for going and trying to even be a part of that event. Got violently booed. Now what else is going on here in the U.S.? I am actually going to bring in the audio from this clip. It's from Bill Malusian from Fox News giving a border update. He says that since October 1st of last year, there have been 220,000 known Godways that means people who were seen on security cameras that Border Patrol is seeing coming in to the border, but they're so overrun that they can't stop them. 220,000 known gotaways since last October. Nearly 212,000 migrant encounters just in the Rio Grande Valley sector alone since last October. A 92% increase over the same time last year. From October to January's fiscal year in 2022, 670,000 over that encounters. This time last year, there were only 296,000. A little bit more than that, I'm not going to say the exact number. So basically, this year is up 126% over the record-setting fiscal year of illegal immigration for 2021. We're already 120% over that record. I said I was going to play the, the audio from that clip, but I'm not going to since I just basically laid out all of the information for you. So that's what's going on at our southern border. From the Epoch Times as well, arrest of illegal immigrants at U.S.-Mexico border up 63% in February. The border crisis shows no sign of slowing down under President Joe Biden, with arrests of illegal immigrants in February spiking 63% from February of 2021. Border agents made 164,973 across the month, the Biden administration announced on March 15th, compared to 101,000 in February of 2020. So you are just seeing how these illegal immigration numbers are absolutely exploding. They even give the numbers for February of 2020 and 2019. In February of 2019, when Donald Trump was office, there were 76,500 border crossings. In 2020, 37,000. In 2021, oh, Biden gets in office, 101,000. Now to 2022, 164,000 over that, actually. From Breitbart News, Mexican cartel gunmen attacks U.S. consulate building near Texas. Teams of gunmen attacked a U.S. consular building, a Mexican military base, and other buildings in a border city near Texas, following the rumored arrest of a leader with the cartel del Noreste, faction of Los Zetas cartel. So Customs and Border Patrol constantly getting fired upon by the cartel. And on top of that, the fentanyl coming across our border, the drugs coming across our border at record high rates. From the Sun Sentinel, there's fentanyl in everything. 
four new hospitalizations linked to fentanyl just days after spring breakers overdosed. Rescuers are deeply troubled by one what is by what one is calling a cluster of fentanyl cases popping up in the Fort Lauderdale area after 10 people at two homes were hospitalized because of the potential lethal drug fentanyl in a matter of three days. And again, where is a lot of this fentanyl coming from? It's coming from across the border. It's coming from China. It's coming from these foreign countries. And it's killing our American citizens. But what is the U.S. here focused in on? From the official Twitter account for the Undersecretary of the U.S. Air Force, great conversation with our LGBTQ initiatives team. They're asking the hard but necessary questions that will ultimately make us a stronger, more inclusive department of the Air Force. What is our military focused in on? What are the headlines that we've consistently seen over the past couple of weeks as Russia invades Ukraine? The U.S. teaching military members to use pronouns properly. Great conversation with the LGBTQ initiatives team. Our military isn't serious. Putin sees it. All of these other foreign leaders see it. And that's why the U.S. isn't feared anymore. So that's what's going on in our country. Not only is our border being overrun, not only are our American citizens being brutalized and attacked by criminals and then letting out, getting let out of jail the next day. We also have a useless military. And... Democrat-run cities are just going to complete SHIT. It's so sad to see. I've been walking around Atlanta. I'm here in Georgia, just kind of checking out the town. Filled with homeless people. It's dirty. It smells like pee. It's gross. I don't like Democrat-run cities. They're like this every single time. I saw this headline from Newsmax that was absolutely hilarious because every single time we can highlight California as a failed state, we absolutely will. California asks residents to avoid charging their electric cars amid power grid strain. Another example of just California being an absolutely failed state. That's what's going on in this country. But the Biden administration not focused in on any of that. The Biden administration sending your taxpayer dollars abroad, sending weapons abroad, weakening our military and trying to strengthen a foreign military. Somebody explain to me how that works. It doesn't. That's why America is deteriorating from within as violently as it is. Now, one of the things that's been missing from the news as of late is COVID-19 and Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, where did you go? You were on the cover of every magazine. You were being hailed as a hero. National Geographic had a documentary of you. Come on, guy. YouTube got rid of the dislike button for you because you were that unlikable and they were trying to push you as the next Jesus Christ that they literally took away the dislike button for you because you were getting ratioed as hard as the Biden administration. That Dr. Fauci, where did he go? He was on every single cable news network. He was on every single headline. He was on every single billboard, if you will. I don't know if we even ever saw billboards of Dr. Fauci, but I feel like we probably should have, right? He was the man for almost two years. Essentially, the leader of the U.S., where did he go? He's just gone. Now, I'm not sure which country this headline is from, but this is a headline on a newspaper. And it translates well to what we're seeing here in the U.S., so the point still stands. The headline says, Did flawed PCR tests convince us COVID was worse than it really was? 
And the Twitter user who posted the headline goes, how to walk shit back, step one. And this is my segue into the COVID news. There's very little of it because the media and all of the NPCs now focused in on the war between Russia and Ukraine. Dr. Fauci and all his failures now going to be pushed to the wayside, brushed under the rug. Don't hold Dr. Fauci accountable. Don't think about the fact that the U.S. government shut us down, destroyed small businesses, ruined the U.S. dollar, uh, you know, destroyed the supply chain, took away our rights and our freedoms, attacked the unvaccinated and is still waging a war against them. Forget about all of that completely. It was just some flawed PCR test. It wasn't our fault. And now the LA City Council is voting to unanimously remove the requirement for indoor businesses to verify customers' COVID vaccine status. Yeah, it's just like, we're just going to quietly roll all of this out and hope everyone forgot that we ever did it. From the New York Post, United Airlines wants to bring back their unvaccinated workers. United Airlines will bring back employees who were placed on unpaid leave last year because they refused to get vaccinated against COVID-19. The airline told employees in a memo on Thursday that workers who avoided vaccination by claiming a medical or religious exemption will be allowed back starting March 28th. How funny is that? The unvaccinated were attacked and they were genuinely oppressed, pushed out of their jobs, inability to pay their bills because they didn't want to get this experimental vaccine that doesn't work. I don't even want to call it a vaccine because it isn't even that because a vaccine is supposed to stop the spread of a virus, which this did not. If you guys have not read The Real Dr. Fauci by Robert Kennedy Jr., I highly encourage you to read it. I'm getting through it right now. The information in that book is absolutely stunning. He lays out beautifully, with the help of all of the doctors that actually cared about saving American lives, how Dr. Fauci lied to us, how he waged a war against the unvaccinated, and how his vaccine was weaponized against all of us, and how he ran a smear campaign against hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, because if there was another known treatment for COVID, then the vaccine could not have gotten the uh, federal authorization, the federal use authorization that it did. So now we have United Airlines bringing back unvaccinated workers. Now we have Los Angeles saying, oh yeah, don't ask people for their, you know, vaccine passports anymore. Don't just forget about it. Oh yeah, it was just flawed PCR tests that made everything seem a little bit worse than it actually was. Please forget that we destroyed your life and psychologically manipulated and tortured you and your children for the past two years. The New York Times writing this headline, We will forget much of the pandemic. That's a good thing. No, it's not, New York Times. We won't forget much of the pandemic. I refuse to forget what the government did to us because what the government did to us was disgusting and abhorrent. They destroyed people's lives. Depression rates went up. Suicide rates went up. Children had their lives ruined and had their ability, okay, their cognitive abilities and their their ability to mature properly and cognitively impeded upon because our government was so power hungry, they refused to let us reopen at the expense of your child, at the expense of your small business, at the expense of your ability to pay bills. Do not forget what the government did to you. Now going into our culture news before we wrap up here, 
Apparently it was International Women's Day. I don't know if it's an entire month, but I know there was for sure a day. And of course, all of the woke businesses and corporations had to come out and stand in solidarity with quote-unquote pregnant people and the newest terminology for women that just dropped, bleeders. Bleeders. Are you freaking kidding me? This is from a company called It's Yoppy. I don't know what they do or what product they make, but I would imagine it has to do with period supplies. They're quoted saying, most bleeders know how they are impacted by their period, but unfortunately aren't in touch with their feelings and symptoms in the other phases of their cycle. We are here to change that. Bleeders. So the erasure of women continues. I've been going to a lot of rallies all across America. There's so many pro-trans rallies currently going on right now. And this whole trans ideology is so destructive to women. And even to feminism. I'm not a feminist, but you think that feminist of all people would be like, yeah, uh, we can't really get on board with the trans community because this is legit men putting a wig on and then destroying women in athletics, ruining women's records. Okay, Leah Thomas is swimming in the NCAA Women's Championships this week. Who do you think is going to come out on top on that one? Probably Leah Thomas, the biological man who barely started taking testosterone back in 2019. If you look at a picture of him next to the other female swimmers, you can see the difference. No one needs to tell you that's a man. You can tell by his body structure. He's freaking huge. He's jacked. He has huge shoulders. So that's what's currently going on in our country right now. We also had Pete Buttigieg leading kids in a Pledge of Allegiance, uh, apologies, not Pete Buttigieg, his husband, Chastin Buttigieg, he was leading kids in a Pledge of Allegiance to the Gay Pride Rainbow. I will put this on my social media accounts, on Truth Social, on Instagram, and on my locals, if you would like to watch it. This clip is, it's heartbreaking for me to watch the indoctrination of our youth. These are little kids with their hand over their heart, pledging allegiance to the gay flag. And this is the husband of one of Biden's officials, indoctrinating your kids. So that's what the modern day looks like. That's what's been currently going on. And Again, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to give you guys our normal and consistent shows, but I have been on the ground. I have been reporting. Uh, please go follow all of my social media accounts. Matt Walsh actually used some of my footage on his latest show. I was on The War Room with Owen Schroyer. I was on The Alex Jones Show talking about the DC trucking convoy. So I've been all over the place, all over the nation covering everything. So apologies that the show hasn't been as consistent. And we also got that two-week ban from YouTube. Again, if you have made it this far in the podcast and you would like to support, uh, the links will be down below. I really do appreciate every single donation. They always go back to making sure that I make this show as good as possible for you guys via new equipment and researching everything that I can. Thank you for tuning in and apologies to be such a black pill today, but it does break my heart seeing the fact that we cannot get the reality of what is going on between Russia and Ukraine, that our media, that our politicians, that 
our celebrities are just pushing for this war with Russia and Ukraine, pushing for us to be a part of this conflict at the expense and at the price of the lives of our brothers, daughters, sons, sisters, mothers, and fathers. These same politicians that are pushing us for war, they're not going to go serve. They're not going to go and die in a foreign country. No, they expect you to do it. They expect your family members to do it. So do not be deceived by what is coming out of the media right now. Do not be misled by what big tech is allowing you to see. Please share this podcast with your friends if you liked the information that we talked about here so they can understand what's going on in the modern day as well. And do not forget what the government did to you in regards to COVID-19. Never forget that this government waged a propaganda and psychological manipulation war on every single person in this country. This happened to people worldwide as well as a part of the Great Reset. Never forget that this happened. Always stand up for your rights and freedoms. Always stand up for your freedom of speech and go check out my latest protest footage. Thank you again for tuning in. My name is Savannah Hernandez and hopefully by next Tuesday, we will be back on YouTube. I'm going to have to figure out a new plan of action because if we get one more strike, we will be permanently banned from that platform. So remember to go follow me on Rumble, on Odyssey, uh, listen to the podcast, share the podcast, go follow me on Truth Social. I'm all over the place trying to get this information out to you guys. Thank you again for listening. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I will talk to you guys soon.